Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Before we begin, just a massive thank you to however you are listening to this. We really do appreciate your support. We record the podcast every Monday and if you do enjoy it, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. I'm your host, Ben James, and I am joined by Mark Orders on a very busy day. It's Wales squad announcement day for the Autumn Internationals. But first of all, how are you doing, Mark? Yeah, not doing too badly, uh, Ben, under the circumstances. You know, it's difficult. We were just saying it's difficult for us all in these challenging times. And when, when you throw in a sort of really, really miserable day, it doesn't seem to stop raining, you know, for three or four days where I am. Um, yeah, it's it's not great, but there we are. You know, we're not here to talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Be typically British if we did, but um, let's, yeah. let's get on with the rugby because, as we say, Wales have announced their squad. Wayne Pivak's gone for thirty-eight man squad, um, seven uncapped players, uh, and a few surprises in there. I I, I guess. Um, let's start with perhaps the two biggest surprises, which for me would be Johan Lloyd in the backs. And Sam Parry in the forwards, um, obviously covering a lot of the Ospreys, Sam Parry, someone you'll know a lot about. So why don't we start there? Yeah, I, I think that's a deserved call. And I think it's a, a call based on form. I think that, uh, and I guess you could commend the selectors for that because Sam Parry has had um, an excellent few weeks. He uh, he was close to being man of the match, really, uh, when the Ospreys played the Dragons. He was outstanding, scored a try, achieved a, a turnover or two. And uh, and he was very, very good up in Edinburgh last weekend. Sort of led the charge in the early stages. And um, he's, uh, he's been consistently good for the Ospreys. Um, although saying that, um, his challenge for a Wales clap cap has been kind of interrupted really by injuries and timely injuries but I think he's a good player He, uh, I, I was chatting to Scott Baldwin earlier and Scott was saying you know that his Sam's point of difference is his ability over the ball and um, he's excellent at, at pilfering opposition possession and, and he's really good. His, his line-up throwing has improved last week up in Edinburgh. It was a wet old day and uh, I think it was 100%, 12 out of 12 at the line-out throws. And, uh, of course, he is a strong guy. So, yeah, that that hasn't really surprised me because uh, Elliot D, who's, who's never let Wales down, but he's part of the Dragons front five, Hasn't that's struggled to sort of stamp its authority? And um, last week in uh, Dublin against Leinster, Dragons line out. You know, it, it would be charitable to say it didn't. Just say it didn't go well. It was a shambles, and at the shambles, and that's not all Elliot's fault because, as as we all know, the mechanics of the line out. Uh, there's there's lifting involved, there's jumping involved, there's the throw, countless things, and and of course it doesn't help if you've got James Ryan uh, in the opposition ranks. But the Dragons uh, line out last week, it was absolutely taken apart by Leinster, 
Um, and I guess being part of a, a sort of side that didn't sort of kick off the season very well, maybe has counted against Elliot But it's funny you mentioned um, Scott Baldwin there. Um, obviously, the Ospreys haven't really had a consistent hooker in the Wales ranks since Baldwin left. And it, it did make you wonder if ahead of this autumn, had, had Sam Parry not been called up, and, and, and Dewey Lake not being called up, which he hasn't, you'd have been left with a situation where you had three hookers at the Ospreys and, and Dewey Lake, who was called into the Wales Six Nations squad and is seen as one for the future, probably wouldn't have got much game time. But I don't know how much Wayne Pivak has even thought about this, but the knock-on effect of Sam Parry being in the Wales squad is now Dewey Lake's probably going to get more minutes down at the Liberty Stadium. Yeah, and, and that, that could be a good thing as well because... Um... I was looking at, we were chatting earlier about Kieran Williams and the suggestion that perhaps he might have been called into the Wales squad for some experience. They've done it before. They did it with Pridey, Tom Pridey. They did it with Christian Phillips and Gatlin used to make a habit of it. But I think the problem with that is you bring someone in and while it's, it's nice to have a look around the squad, you could end up just holding tackle bags for two months. And what Kieran Williams probably needs more than anything now is rugby um, because he's had a few injuries himself and uh, so he needs to be playing and it's the same uh, for Dewey Lake as well he, he, he simply has to be playing he's a, he's a converted back row forward uh, he didn't have that many outings for the Ospreys last season again he was part of the Wales setup from February on and then we were locked down from mid-March so he didn't play that much rugby last year, um, but he is a he is a big talent, and uh, again, he, he's going to come through, and he's got it. He's got his career in front of him, so I, I think with with Dowie Lake, I think it's a, a case of being patient and just banking all the minutes that he can um, with the Ospreys and and seeing how he develops. You know, they got they still they still got two very good hookers um, in. in uh, in Scott Orton and, and Dewey Lake down there. So, you know, that uh, there are no guarantees in terms of starts there. But, yeah, I, I, I take the point. It could be an ill wind maybe that uh, that blows good. Indeed. And obviously, as I said at the start of the pod, I suppose the other surprise uh, that really maybe caught us out a little bit, I think a lot of the, the names we sort of saw coming, um, but this one is Johan Lloyd, who, I mean, everyone knows what a talent he is. But I think sort of perceived wisdom was that this would be too soon for him. But Pivak's chosen to give him a call up. And and given the nature of the autumn with six matches and a 38-man squad, you'd expect him to, to get minutes at some point, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, that's, that's absolutely the case. And I think he's benefited from being part of, it's the converse really to... Uh, Elliot D, you know, he's benefited, Johan Lloyd has, from playing in a successful winning Bristol side. And it really matters. Um, if you're if you're part of a winning side, it doesn't need a sort of rocket scientist to appreciate your confidence is gonna be up and uh, it's it's just it's just good. You feel good about yourself. He's had that experience coming off the bench there. I think Lama's handled him quite well, although we, we're still un, unsure where he'll end up in terms of his position. But um, 
they, they've been bringing him along nicely, not expecting too much too soon, and yet at the same time giving him the the sort of exposure that, that he needs in really high-level rugby, and, and it's an attritional league, uh, and yet he's coped. So it did surprise me because um, there are some good players, good back three players there, good back three players who uh, have missed out in Ashton Hewitt, Steph Evans, uh, there's there's two and um Halim Amos, of course who's uh who, who's uh, experienced international um and so you know obviously they made a call at some point Pivak had to start looking to the future and uh yeah he's uh, he's gone for two 19 year olds among his back three players with Lewis Zamet uh, as well so yeah good luck to um Good luck to Johan Lloyd, and hopefully, if he gets his chance, he'll, he'll take it. He seems confident enough. Not the only Bristol Bears call up. Um, Callum Sheedy, the fly half, it, it is called up. Uh, before we get your views, we'll uh, listen to what uh, Wayne Pivak had to say about him earlier on today. Well, it's about a one-minute phone call in relation to uh, eligibility. Um, he told me that he was born in Cardiff, raised in Cardiff, and that he's Welsh through and through, and I could tell by his accent. So, now he was um, very, very keen to represent his country and his country uh, as well. So uh, that was a short uh, short phone call around uh, eligibility. Well, first and foremost, the 10 position, we've, uh, we've had some injuries well documented. Um, Gareth's out for a year. Uh, Reese Patchell is just back from you know a long layoff since the Rugby World Cup. has played about 13 minutes of rugby. So we're always looking at um, the depth in that position. Um, Jared got a run in the Six Nations, and we're just wanting to cast the net, net a little bit. And we think Callum um, has been playing well for, for Bristol. Um, and we think that uh, you know he's a good all-round game. Um, and uh, you know, 23 years of age, I think you know he's got a big future in front of him. So, you know, we've spoken to all the teams. Um, we had a, a Zoom call with about 55 players, um, local players, and we talked around the, the season that's coming. And so, uh, those that uh, haven't been named in that position have been spoken to. But certainly, Callum, uh, we think has a big future in the game. We're looking forward to working with him. Um, uh, in, in relation to uh, young um, Yoan Lloyd, he's a player that can play 10 and 15. Um, he trains a lot at 10, plays 15, kicks goals, uh, can play on the wing. He's got genuine pace. Um, he's got a good step. He's got a good offloading game. And we think the way we want to play the game going forward, that he, he offers a lot for a young man at 19 years of age. He's been in the Wales under 20s and so he's someone that uh, we've been tracking for some time. Okay, so that's that's what Wayne Pivak had to say. Um, sounded like a a very simple phone call to uh, check if he was interested in playing for Wales, and that was the thing that was sort of standing in the way of this selection. I think a lot of us expected Callum Sheedy to be in the mix, but the only thing stand normally when a player is in the mix, the things that stand in the way of form and fitness. With Callum Sheedy, it was we didn't know if he wanted to play for Wales or not because obviously he was eligible for England and Ireland, but clearly he wants to play for Wales. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you you'd certainly hope that. That would be the case. Um, he, uh, yeah, I do. I do feel a little bit sorry for. Uh, I do sit, feel a little bit sorry for Jared Evans, who, um, who 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 played very well last week, and he hasn't really had an opportunity to sort of nail down a test place. But he's got he's got great skill uh, and ability. I saw him play for Cardiff Blues. Um, about a year ago, and and 
his his performance I think it might have been against Glasgow at the Arms Park, and his performance was outstanding. He was doing things that few outside halves uh, are capable of doing. He's got variety to his game. He's got a passing game. Kicking has improved. If you know, people say it's a bit too. He doesn't kick far enough for international rugby. But so I, I do feel a little bit for him. But the other and indeed Sam Davis. But the other side of the coin is you know, if they're good enough, they will come through. Um, but Sheedy is lucky again, same as Johan Lloyd. He's been playing in a successful side, and uh, he's been providing uh, you know the bullets for the likes of Rad Radra and Piatel to to sort of fire. So he looks good. I'd like to see a little bit more of him. Um, when uh, he played against Bordeaux Bagel, he was obviously playing to orders because that night he, he didn't appear to kick much for territory. And uh, in the first half, Bristol were up against it, yet uh, they persisted with this sort of passing running game, which, in fairness to them, it did eventually uh, uh, pay dividends. But at one point, it, it looked as if it wouldn't come off. And I was sort of looking to Sheedy perhaps to provide something different, and it, and it didn't happen. But look, he, he's clearly a player who's got ability. He's been consistent for Bristol. So, um, yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm expecting quite a bit of him. And he, he, he surely will get a cap, you'd think, um, over the six games that Wales are playing. I mean, look, looking at the the fly half selection in the squad, um, obviously Reese Patchell's just coming back off injury. So he, he, we don't know how many minutes he's really going to have under his belt by the time France roll around. Dan Bigger is playing regularly, but... Not not in the, the greatest vein of form. Um, probably not helped by the fact that Northampton are, are really struggling at the minute in terms of post-lockdown rugby. They, they've been on a, a dreadful sort of streak of results. So Sheedy's got a real chance, I'd say, of getting in for that France squad. Maybe not starting, but I think given where Patchell is, sort of in terms of recovery, the, the, the Pivac might be tempted to throw Sheedy on the bench for that one. Yeah, he might be because, as as you say, Reese Patchell has has played what? Um, I don't know how long he was on for last week, but half a rugby maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's probably yeah. less than that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's all he's played since the World Cup. Oh, that's that's close on a year ago. It's just one half of rugby, and you know that, that's no sort of that's no way to go into an international match. So. I think it's every chance to be honest. If he uh, if he shapes up in training, that um, that he, he'll he could be in the mix, and I'd be surprised if he started mine because you know they they want they want bigger uh, trying to top up bigger's confidence um, ahead of Scotland. Not the bigger's ever been short of confidence. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, look, I, I'm sure it's it's, a, it's an opportunity for yeah. uh, Callum Sheedy, and um, he, he looks good enough to take it. I suppose the other caveat is the Gallagher Premiership, where Bristol are in terms of that, because they're if they're if they're sort of in the in the final stage, maybe he, he won't be available for that France game. But but either way, I, I suppose it's and, and Pivak mentioned it today in the press conference. It's it's about building depth. In, in the number 10 jersey. And and that's made all the more sort of pertinent by the fact that Gareth Anscombe's now being confirmed for to be out for what looks like an, another year. He's expected to miss 
the majority of this season, if not all of it. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's a it's a really really bad blow, not just for Wales but for the player himself, because um, he uh, he is young enough to um, to come back and, and play good rugby again. Um, but these are these are these are he's in his prime. Let's be honest at at this at this point in time, and uh, another year out of the game will will push him towards, if not beyond thirty, and. Um, it um, yeah it, uh, it it's it's a heck of a shame for him. Uh, as I say, people do come back. Uh, showing my age, I, I can turn back the clock sort of fifteen twenty years to Andy Moore, the second row, uh, a Swansea second row, having a, a serious knee injury, which effectively kept him out for two years. Andy was young at the time, but people were saying wondering whether they'd ever see him on on the pitch again. But he, he not only came back to play for Swansea, he, he actually played for Wales as well and captained them. So, you know, people do come back from serious injuries. But it is a worry in this day and age, um, you know, with, with you know, medical science being what it is, that they haven't been able to put him back together a, a bit quicker. Um, so, you know, we, we're all sort of with him really and, and hoping that he'll... Um, that he will get back and 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 he'll go on to play more rugby, more good rugby. I suppose we'll, we'll move back in into the forwards because uh, the next sort of interesting selection for me would be that of Josh McLeod in the back row. Now, Pivak's only gone for six in the back row, which surprised me because I thought there'd be maybe an extra play in there, maybe a Tame Basham or a Shane Lewis Hughes. You know, two two young players who can count themselves very unlucky to miss out. As it is, he's gone for six. I mean, five of those, you know, they, they pick themselves effectively, don't they? But Josh McLeod is the new face who gets in. And it's just rewards, isn't it, for, you know, effectively standing head and shoulders above any other sort of open side flanker in, in the Pro 14 when it comes to turnovers. Yeah, yeah. Head, shoulders, hips, knees and ankles. Yeah, <laughs> he's... Uh, he, uh, he had a great season last year. You know, he was the... Um, he was the Scarlets Player of the Year, and uh, as you say, you know, top guy uh, in terms of turnovers um, in the Pro 14. There's more than that as well. He, um, he his defence was was good, full stop. He, uh, he 150 plus tackles, and uh, he, he's brave. He's a team man. Um, he could play across the back row. He could carry. He is. Uh, He's highly respected at the uh, at the Scarlets, and uh, my my surprise is is that he is taking him up. It's taken him a couple of years to break through, and really last year he was playing well. But again, that there's been such depth Welsh rugby has had in his position that um, you know with with the likes of Tane Basham and James Davis, Ollie Griffiths, and all these kind of guys, and uh, you know, an opportunity has opened up, but in fairness to him, I, I think he made uh, an unanswerable case um, for selection and, you know, hopefully he could take his opportunity now because it's there for him and, yeah, he'll, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a good player and uh, take his opportunity and hopefully he'll enjoy a long test career. And then moving into the, into the second row, because another interesting selection, I know our colleague Matt Southcombe's been, pretty perplexed at this one it's it's the fact that Adam Beard isn't there 
in in the second row, you've got Jake Ball, Alan Wynn Jones, Will Rowlands, Corey Hill, all names we'd expect to see. And then Seb Davis gets the nod over Adam Beard. Obviously, Seb Davis has been in all three of Pivak's squads now. So clearly Pivak sees something in Seb Davis that he likes. Um, that hasn't necessarily translated into minutes on the pitch. Off the top of my head, I don't think Piv- uh, Davis has played under Pivak yet. Um, obviously, he's, he's got a lot of competition ahead of him. But it, it's, it's interesting to strike. And obviously, Matt has been talking all day about how Adam Beard was sort of one of the last finds of the, the Gatland era, wasn't he? Along with Wainwright and D and a couple of players like that. And he felt like he was a sort of gift that Gatlin had, had left behind for Wayne Pivak, like an, an extra player that he'd found for the future. And and here we are a year on and he's not even in the squad. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is a bit weird because uh, Adam Beard played really well um, in the pre-lockdown games for the Ospreys. I think he had a couple of games and he, he, he started the, started the season well enough Um he was he was good. He was quite impressive alongside Arlene Wynn Johnson, a really really good uh, Ospreys pack last weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, he's uh, uh, you know as, as as Gatlin says, you know that uh, Gatlin said that uh, you know you you can't coach being six foot ten, even though Beard is six foot eight. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I I think maybe maybe it's 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 a style element. Uh, as I say maybe. Wayne Pivak is, is uh, maybe, maybe Jonathan Humphreys, Wayne Pivak. They, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe they want to sort of, maybe they want to utilize more ball handlers as well. I, I, I think Seb Davis is, is, is a ball handler. He's played number eight. Um, he, uh, he achieved four turnovers for the Blues last week against Zebra. And, uh, and he was excellent for the, Cardiff Blues against the Ospreys in August. I think he's close to being man of the match. He was really, really good, and it surprised me because he, uh, you know, the Ospreys fielded a decent pack that day, and yet Cardiff Blues waded into them, and and him and James Botham were to the fore. And um, I mean, perhaps perhaps in the past, you know, there have been question marks over whether he has the appetite for battle that Test rugby demands. Um, but maybe, maybe he's he's maturing uh, physically as, as well. Maybe he's 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 sort of acquired that, and he certainly looked good in the uh, in the games that I've seen him uh, over the last six weeks. And uh, again, I th- I think it's a selection based on form. Uh, that said, uh, I I would have thought twice before leaving out Alan Beard because, as I say, he does provide that easy. He's young and he provides that physical ballast. And uh, I mean, he's had some great games, really good performances for Wales under Gatland. I think it was against Australia when people were comparing him with Luke Charteris and his his defence of Malls, reaching over like an octopus. And Mm -hmm. I saw... I mean, look. At the end of the day, he, he's been left out of a squad. Is there, it's, it's not the end of the road for him. He, he's he's still a young a young man, and and there'll be time for him to sort of uh, put that right. But yeah, for the moment, I I like Matt. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit surprised as well. I think what Pivak was was keen to stress in his press conference, and obviously he's spoken to sort of about fifty five odd players in a Zoom call um, earlier this week, is 
you know, it's a short turnaround this, between now and the start of the Six Nations. Is they Wales see it as a twenty-week block, um, and a lot of these boys who aren't, aren't picked, they're going to carry on playing for their regions. And the, the message is very much, you know, play well for your regions over the next couple of months or into Christmas. And you know, there's no reason why you won't be in the Six Nations squad. This this is a, it's probably a slightly experimental squad, shall we say, and. There's a few players there. If they have a good couple of months, you're Elliot Dees, you're Adam Beards, even someone like Ash Hewitt, Steph Evans, although they're they're slightly more on the fringes than than a D or a Beard. If D and Beard put together a couple of good months, you know, they should be not not quietly confident, but they, they should feel confident in their own ability that they'll be back in that squad come the Six Nations. Yeah, well, I, I definitely agree that there's, there's nothing set in stone long-term. And... Um, Beard does provide a serious lineup presence, and uh, he's, he's got a bit of attitude about him as well. In his younger days, he, he would be prepared to mix it, you know, with Alwyn Jones when he was just breaking through, and so he has got a bit about him. And um, he was he was coming on superbly under Gatland, and um, you know, featured in 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 the Grand Slam and. Um, Everybody just assumed that that would continue. But um, as I say, different coaches uh, view players differently and they got different styles and different game plans. And evidently, I, I think I think what's key as well is, is that maybe it's happened, is, is that Wayne Pivot talks to him and Jonathan Humphreys. I know Jonathan and he, he, is, he is a top man manager. He, he, gets on, he gets on well with players. And... What should be happening? They they should be telling Adam Beard, look, this is what we want from you. Um, let let's start seeing evidence uh, of it in regional matches, and then we'll have a look at the situation come January. Because there's only other two more uncapped players to really sort of to go through, and those are both Scarlets in the back line. Um, Kieran Hardy gets the nod, scrum half. I think we sort of saw that one coming, didn't we? Ever since Thomas Williams uh, limped off. Parker Scarlets, um, whatever that was back in the Welsh derbies. Uh, it, it just rewards, isn't it, for, for Kieran Hardy, first of all. Um, a player who had to leave Wales to really sort of get that kick in his career. And since he's come back, he, he's had challenges. You know, I think he was signed as effectively a third, fourth choice scrum half. Had Sam Adalgo Klein in front of him as well as Gareth Davis. But, he, but he's worked hard and he's, he's he's really established himself. So it's it's just rewards, isn't it, for for Kieran, yeah, definitely, and um, I'd say it would have been close between him and uh, Rodri Williams and uh, Lloyd Williams as well has been playing well of late. Um, Harry Morgan is another up and comer, but Kieran Hardy probably, uh, yeah, at, at this moment in time, you're taking a snapshot of how people are playing. Then you'd say that um, Kieran Hardy deserves that. Position. Oh, he's very, he's he's lightning quick. He's 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 a bit like Gareth Davis, isn't he? And um, uh, he played against the Dragons a few weeks ago, and he surely just got a little bit of skill as well. Uh, I think he went blind and uh, just delayed his pass perfectly before sending out a, a scoring ball to the wing. And uh, and he's and he's developing. He, he he looks a good prospect, and he definitely. He looks a player worth investing in, uh, time and effort, and um, so I, th- I think that's a good call. And um, yeah, it's um, 
think he's it's, it's, it would have been close to him and Rodri because Rodri's got a bit of experience. He's a leader himself as well. And I, I've got a, a fair bit of time for Rodri. I, I think he's good and I think he's been unlucky, really. To be honest, it, it would be about six years, I think, since his, his last cap. And at times he, he's played well enough, really, to um, to have been in the mix. Um, but yeah, you know, it's... Uh, so yeah, it's... Uh, a deserved sort of call for Kieran Hardy. And then, obviously, the other name, the other new face in the back line from the Scarlets is Johnny Williams, um, who we knew was was in the mix. Obviously, you did the story yesterday that he, he was one of the 55-odd players spoken to on Zoom. So we knew he was in the mix. He, he's someone that Pivak's spoken about a lot in the past in terms of having been someone he targeted at the, the Scarlets. And he spoke again today. Um and we'll listen to what he had to say now. Uh, well, I've spoken to Byron off for a number of years now um, when I was at the Scarlets uh, about uh, potentially coming to Wales. So he's been uh, always looking to come to Wales and, and has always wanted to to represent Wales. So for us, it was just a matter of uh, having a look at him. He's, he's played a, in a big match before. We've seen him play for England against the uh, Barbarians in a non-test match. Uh, and he's a player that um, I think has an exciting future. He's uh, he's quite a big guy. He's got good acceleration, good pace. Um, looks to have a, a good offloading game. And the area that we wanted to that wanted him to work on, he's put a lot of work into. And that's uh, you know in the in the dark arts of the game and the breakdown area, and also the uh, the defensive side of the game. So that's um, what Pivak had to say about Johnny Williams. Obviously, someone. He, he, he'd spoken to a lot, knew he wanted to come back to play for Wales. Are you surprised though of how quickly he's ascended into the Wales squad or is that does that just seem fitting for the type of player he is? Um, I'm, I'm not surprised because um, Wales have to start developing people and, and this sort of block of matches offers a perfect opportunity. Wales have got to start looking into the future at some point. As I, I was saying earlier, that uh, there's... There is a balance to be struck between uh, winning matches and, and achieving some sort of development. And um, he's he's a talented lad. He's only twenty three. He's, uh, he, he's he's built for Test rugby. You know, six two, six three, fifteen, sixteen stone, and uh, he's skillful as well. And um, so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I I think that Willis Haller Hollow. It's a little bit unlucky. He, he, you know, again, he was in the mix this time a year ago before the Barbers game, and then he unfortunately got injured. Um, so he's he's been a little bit unlucky. Um, but again, Willis Halaholo is is pushing thirty, may even be thirty, um, and maybe his time, maybe maybe the ship hasn't sailed for him. There there might be opportunities. People get injured. But I think at this point in time, Wills needed to be invested in youth. Um, and so I, I think it's a good call. You know, they, uh, they've, got, they've got four quality centres there now. Um, did say that uh, might have been, I thought they might have, uh, it's, uh, perhaps it was never going to happen, but they might have had a look at Kieran Williams just to give him a bit of experience. But as you mentioned earlier, you know, perhaps... Uh, perhaps the best bet for him is to be with the Ospreys, a bank in game minutes rather than sort of hanging around, uh, just watching what Will's doing, training sessions and maybe holding tackle bags. 
Indeed. I mean, it's interesting with Willis Alaholo because you, you do feel that obviously having missed out last year with injury, it, it is very much this autumn squad would have been the the, the chance for him, wouldn't it? Um, but I, I guess the, the assumption is he's just not match fit. I mean, he, he, you're unlikely to call him into the Six Nations uh, squad given you know what, what the Six Nations means. I think the next tour after that then is Argentina, isn't it? I think their tour in Argentina when the Lions are in South Africa. So maybe there's a chance for him there. Um, but again, you'd expect that tour to be very much blood in youngsters. So we'll have to see with Willis Alahol. It'd be, it'd be a shame if he did miss out on a, on a chance at a Wales cap, uh, you know, after being so cruelly denied by injury last year. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good player. He's uh, He really has attacking gifts. And, um, you know, we, we've just emerged from an era under Gatland where, you know, the, the, uh, some of the play was deemed quite conservative, but he's anything but a conservative player. And it would have been nice, it could still be nice to, to see him play. It, it's... Um, I don't think it was a case or is a case of it being now or never at this point for him um, because injuries do happen and uh, and you never know. You know he, 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 he may well be the next cab off the rank, but you can understand where Pivak's coming from. He's only just returned after a long, long time out and, uh, and this other lad's been playing well over in uh, Thanetley, so you could quite understand the call and... Uh, I would expect Johnny Williams, you know, really to to seize his opportunity, and um, yeah, I'm a bit uh, not not massively surprised. Perhaps that's the wrong word about Ashton Hewitt because um, he'd been in form, and uh, and the other one as well is Steph Evans. Um, Steph last year was excellent, uh, creative. I think there was a moment in the Toulon game when he was put away, and. Um, he was reeled in. He put away with a line with a line beckoning, and he was reeled in by the Toulon left wing Villiers. Um, but my understanding is, um, my understanding is that Steph had picked up a bump ten minutes earlier and um, kind of affected him as as it would do. Yeah. Um, so I, I still think Steph's a little bit unlucky in in that he's so creative. Um, but you know, there we are. It's um, you can only pick so many players, I guess. And um, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's uh, there. I, I would say there would be at least at least six players who can consider themselves today to have been not hard done by, but a little bit unlucky. And Steph and Ashton Hewitt are among them. Of course, that brings us on nicely to what I guess is the the final question of, of this podcast, and that is. We now know what the 38-man squad is. We know what the, the six-game autumn schedule is. How, how are you feeling about Wales heading into this autumn now you know the squad? Um, it's, it is, it's difficult to sort of... It's difficult to be confident. Um, that said, you know, it's, uh, you know the, the results were indifferent during the Six Nations pre-lockdown. Sort of, they, they beat Italy and then they lost three on the bounce. Um, there was a comeback of sorts against England. Exciting comeback, but let's be honest, it, it, the game had, was was won and lost way before that, really. Um, 
you know, playing for three minutes at the end is 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 great, and it it looked good on the scoreline. But still, you know, um, so I don't know. I think Wayne Pivot would have been really really heartened by the performance of the Ospreys last week. They they played like a proper side. They played Test rugby, and um, and uh, the likes of Justin Tipperick, Alwyn Jones, uh, Nicky Smith as well. Uh, they um, Sam Parry, they were all very, very good. They took Edinburgh on up, up front. Reese Webb had a great game um, at number nine. The Scarlets uh, actually performed quite well. They didn't score any tries, but they could and should have beaten Munster. Um, and Cardiff Blues got a win out in Zebra. So I, I think, look, I mean, I mean, I think we'll know a lot more um, after the France and Scotland games. Um, but Wayne Pivak, Wayne Pivak, he, he, he's picked seven uncapped players, but there is a need for Wales to start winning again. Uh, pressure's been eased with the uh, with the world rankings being sorted and seedings, etc. Pressure has been eased, but still, uh, it's not a good look when a, a coach keeps you know stacking up uh, defeats. So, you know. I, I think it's, it would it would be wrong really to put too much pressure on him at this point. But Wales do need to start winning, and um, yeah, that that Scotland game, I think it's a whole match. Wales really need to be looking at that, and yeah, it's uh, France will be a test initially, but um, who knows? You know, it depends what side they field, and I think it does a lot of it depends as well. Um, on the type of approach the selectors and team management are going to take to these matches uh, early on uh, against France, you know, is it is is it a free hit um, or is it you know a proper test match? We've got to win it. Well, that's what we'll have to wait and see. But it's um, it's good to finally have the circus back, isn't it? After seven months away, Welsh rugby is uh, Welsh international rugby is nearly upon us. Um, We'll be back again next Monday with the podcast, but in the meantime, you can catch all the latest rugby news as we build towards the next round of Pro 14 fixtures and the upcoming Autumn Internationals on Wales Online. Mm -hmm.